Hello, Mr. Chuck here. This week I'm going to talk about reverse mortgages. I know I've been saying that you cannot finance your retirement, but there is one option. It's not a very good one and it's reverse mortgage. So we're going to go over what is a reverse mortgage and whether or not you should do it or I don't even think you should put it in your retirement plans to even use it. So I'm going to start with an article from Bankrate.com. Everything you need to know about reverse mortgages by Holly D. Johnson. And under my new format, I'm going to read what I think is important and then make comments and then skip down. I'm not going to read the whole article. If you want to read the whole article, I have a link in my show notes. Everything you need to know about reverse mortgages. A reverse mortgage is a type of loan where the homeowner withdraws a portion of their equity, but don't have to repay the loan until they leave the house. One of the most popular types is a home equity conversion mortgage, HECM, which is insured by the U.S. federal government. Although a widely available HECM products are only offered by FHA-approved lenders. Reverse mortgages can be a solution for customers aged 62 and older who own their homes outright or have at least a considerable amount of equity to draw from. Me wondering why anyone would want to borrow against a home when they worked hard to pay off, why not remain in your home and live there debt-free? According to Steve Irwin, Executive Vice President of the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, nobody gets up in the morning and thinks about a reverse mortgage and where they should get one. Instead, they think how they're going to pay for health care, fix the roof, pay the property tax, or have enough money to outlive their retirement, he says. A reverse mortgage provides solutions to these issues and many others so people can live more financially secure lives as they age. Okay, well, that's some pretty good information right there. If you're strapped, if you're retired over age 62 and you have a major event in your life, such as you need a new roof or health care issues, which is probably more likely, you can do a reverse mortgage. So what is a reverse mortgage? If you already have a home, you know what a mortgage is. A regular mortgage is you go to a lender, they give you the amount of money you need to purchase the home, and they give it all that money to you at once, and then you use that to buy the home. Then you make a monthly payment over, you know, 20, 25, or 30 years, depending on your loan situation. Well, a reverse mortgage is just the opposite of that. You go to a lender and you got to be over age 62 and you have to have equity in your home. Now, it doesn't mean it has to be paid off, but that's helpful. The lender then appraises your home, figures out how much equity you really have, and says, okay, you're eligible to borrow $100,000. But instead of getting the $100,000 all at once and then paying a monthly payment, it's just the opposite of that. They give it to you in payments, most likely based on your life expectancy. So if you're 65 and they look up the charts and they say, oh, you're going to live to be 85, that's 20 years. So they figure out 100000 divided by 20, divided by 12, and you, you get the idea. And that's how much your monthly payment's going to be. 
but there is also things you have to consider other than that. I mean, it sounds good. Tom Selleck advertises it on TV, but you got to have other things you must keep in mind, and I'm going to continue reading the article. Who is eligible for a reverse mortgage? A primary homeowner must be age 62 or older to apply. However, Irvin says that if one spouse is under 62, you may still be able to get a reverse mortgage if you meet other eligibility requirements. For example, you must own your home outright or have a single primary lien you hope to borrow against. Any existing mortgages you must you have must be paid off using the proceeds from your reverse mortgage. You must live in the home as your primary residence. You must remain current on property tax, homeowner's insurance, and other mandatory obligations such as homeowner association dues. You must participate in a consumer information session led by HUD-approved counselor. You must maintain your property and keep it in good working condition. You must be a single-family home, a multi-unit property with up to four units, a manufacturer home built after 1976, a condominium, or a townhouse. Okay, well, there's some pretty good stiff requirements there. So if your spouse is younger than 62, you got to have the house outright or only have one lender. And you got to use proceeds from the reverse mortgage to pay that loan. And of course, you have to live in there and you got to maintain everything else, property tax, homeowners. So you got to pay everything you normally are paying. So you got to keep everything up. You got to maintain the property and you have to live in it. So remember that have to live in it because that's an important factor in your decision whether or not you need a reverse mortgage. How does a reverse mortgage work? Qualified homeowners may not be able to borrow the full value of their home, even if it's paid off. The amount you borrow, also called the principal limit, varies based on the age of the youngest borrower or eligible non-borrowing spouse prevailing interest rates. The HECM FHA mortgage limit, $726,525 as of February 2020, and your home's value. Generally, the older you are, the lower the interest rate and the more your property is worth, the more likely you receive a higher principal limit. This amount can increase each month because borrowers with variable rate HECMs may be able to receive additional funds. If you choose a HECM with a fixed interest rate, you will receive a single disbursement lump sum payment on the other hand, if you opt for reverse mortgage with a variable rate, you can choose to accept equal monthly payments provided at least one borrower lives in the property as their primary residence. Equal monthly payments for a fixed period of months agreed on ahead of time. A line of credit that can be assessed until it's exhausted. A combination of a line of credit and fixed monthly payments for as long as you live in the house. A combination of a line of credit plus fixed monthly payment for a set length of time. The money you borrow via reverse mortgage doesn't need to be repaid until the borrower dies, moves out, or leaves the home for any reason. That's important. Okay, so let's go back over that. 
prevailing interest rate. You know, you can elect to get a fixed rate, a set amount, because remember, you got to pay interest. Uh, even though you're getting 100000 let's say, your payment's going to be re reduced by an interest rate because they're not giving the money to you for free. They're going to charge you interest on all the money you receive. Now, at the beginning, when you first get your first few pay payments, maybe a year or two, it won't be a whole lot, especially now interest rates are down. But I bet their interest rates are higher than what you can get if you borrow the money. Uh, so if you receive a fixed rate, everything stays the same. If you go as a variable rate, your payment could, they're saying here, could go up. You can receive additional money, but that's only going to happen if that interest rate goes down. And if the interest rate goes down, you're good. But if the interest rate goes up, you're most likely going to get less money. And they don't say that in the article. And you can take it two ways. You can take a monthly payment or you can set up a line of credit, not use it until you need it. That might be a good thing. Remember, the money's got to be paid back once the borrower dies, moves out, or leaves the home for any reason. That's a good point. What is leaves the home for any reason? Let's say you got a single, like your father or one of your parents. One spouse is deceased, so one is still living. And they're struggling to pay, say, their real estate taxes because they live in an area taxes are really high. So they take the equity of the home. They got no mortgages. They're setting good. They can live off their Social Security income, but they just are coming up short of paying their real estate taxes. So they do a reverse mortgage, and they set up the line of credit. So they're not. They don't want a monthly payment. They just want a take use the line of credit when their real estate taxes are due, so they can pay them, to, because that's a requirement of the loan. So they do that, you know, it goes on five, six years. They have plenty of money left still to pay the taxes, you know, for another 10 years. They're probably going to outlive their line of credit. So everything's looking good. But then they get sick. And they have to move to a assisted living facility. It doesn't matter. He didn't die. And he didn't sell the home. But they move out to live somewhere else. That triggers that loan's got to be paid. If it's somebody that's in poor health or expect to be in poor health and won't be able to stay in their residence until date of death, that could trigger that loan to be paid. And how are you going to pay it if you didn't sell the house? They'll want their money before you sell the house, be my guess. So beware there. That is a negative. That's a con. Furthermore, the borrower will never owe more than the home is worth regardless of how much they borrow or what happens to their property value over time. The borrower or their heirs keep the difference if the reverse mortgage balance is less than the home's value at the time of repayment. So what they're saying is if you sell the home, the inheritance, you know, if you owe less than what the value of the home and you sell it for more than the loan, you keep the you keep the excess, and that's your inheritance, or you, or goes to you know, the homeowner if he sold it before death. 
If you believe a reverse mortgage is a solution for you, applying for one is similar to that traditional home equity loan. Once you meet the eligibility criteria, shop around and find the best deal. Now, my guess is the best deal is going to be the highest value. They're going to appraise you, uh, your home the best, and they're going to give you the lowest interest rate. The lender will assess your financial situation, include evaluating your credit history, any outstanding mortgage, and ensuring your property qualifies as in you don't have any active property liens. You'll also need to provide proof to be able to pay for ongoing housing costs and order a property appraisal to determine its value and how much you can borrow. And there's more than one type of reverse mortgage. Huh, go figure. Now you know a reverse mortgage is worth, you want to consider which type suits your best. Preparatory reverse mortgages, these are private loans not backed by any government entity. Typically, you can receive a larger loan advance from this type of reverse mortgage, especially those who have higher valued homes. Single purpose mortgage. Not as common as the other two options, this type of reverse mortgage is usually offered by nonprofit organizations and a few state and local government agencies. Borrowers can use the loan for one specific purpose. Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, the most popular type of reverse mortgage and backed by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. These federally insured mortgages usually have higher upfront costs, but the funds can be used for any purpose. Before closing on a HECM, all borrowers will need to go through counseling from a HUD-approved counselor. The point is to help you understand how a reverse mortgage works from someone who don't benefit from you taking out the loan. Well, that's a good thing. Okay, what's the pros and cons? These are the main details to keep in mind. Borrowers does not need to make monthly payments towards their loan balance. Proceeds can be used for living expense, debt repayment, health care expense, and more. Funds can help borrowers enjoy their retirement. Non-borrowing spouse not listed on the mortgage can remain in the home after the borrower dies. Borrowers facing foreclosure can use reverse mortgages to pay off their existing mortgage, potentially stopping the foreclosure. Those are all good things. And I wonder what happens to the spouse. A non-borrowing spouse can remain in the home so once the spouse moves out, dies, or goes into assistant living, then it's probably got to be paid back. Cons. Borrowers must remain in the home and pay property tax and homeowner's insurance. A reverse mortgage forces you to borrow against the equity in your home, which could be a key source of wealth. Fees and other closing costs could be high and can lower the net amount available. How much does a reverse mortgage cost? Well, that's a good question. Speaking of higher costs, it's important to understand that the closing costs of reverse mortgage tend to be significant. Most HECM mortgages let you finance closing costs into the new loan, however, meaning you won't have to fork over the money out of pocket. Here's a breakdown of HECM fees and charges according to HUD. Mortgage insurance premium. You'll pay a 2% initial MIP at closing, as well as an annual MIP equal to one half of 1% 1 
of the outstanding loan balance. MIB can be financed into the loan. Origination fee. Lenders charge a greater of $2,500 or 2% of the first $200,000 of your home's value to process your HECM loan, plus 1% of an amount over $200,000. The FHA caps HECM origination fees at $6,000. Servicing fees. Lenders can charge a monthly fee to maintain and monitor their HECM for the life of the loan. Monthly servicing fees cannot exceed $30 for loans for the fixed rate or an annual adjusting rate of $35 if the interest rate adjusts monthly. Third-party charges. Third-party charge their own fees for closing costs such as the appraisal, title search and insurance, inspection, recording fees, and mortgage taxes. Also keep in mind, interest rate for a reverse mortgage tends to be higher than in the traditional home equity loan. Of course, rates can vary depending on your lender, your home value, your credit worthiness, month, month market fluctuation, and other factors. Well, well, we knew that. We know that your uh, home equity loan is usually higher than your first mortgage. And so this is going to be higher than that. So let's say your first mortgage at 3%. Now we're talking today, 2020. You can get a 3.5% 20-year, 30-year loan. But if you go out and get a line of credit, it might be 45 5%. And it might be adjustable. Well, this will be higher than that. This might be 55 6%. It's going to be higher because they're going to be charging on a smaller amount for the first few years, depending on if you take out, if you set up a line of credit and don't use it and take out a whole bunch, or you take a monthly payment. Reverse mortgage for home equity, I'm not going to go over that. Shop around, I'm not going to go over that. How to avoid scams, alternates, downside, sell your house, refinance the bottom line. Let's see what this has to say. Now, if you die or the home is no longer the primary residence for more than 12 months, the loan comes due. Which means either you or your, your estate has to repay the loan or put the home up for sale to settle it. Let's say that you put the home up for, say that the uh, lender died or the borrower died. You know, it's the estate and the estate puts the home up for sale and that was 12 months ago. Well, in the 13 month, they're going to want their money. And you hadn't sold it yet. Where's the money? If you don't have any other money, where are you going to get it? Now, that's a good point. So, it's, I guess that would be something you need to talk to the lender about at the beginning. See what they say. I mean, it may never happen, but you know, it's something you need to plan for. Yeah, you, know, you got to take a mandatory counselor if you're going to do HECM through HUD. They just want you to understand what you're getting into and... And they want you to get that information from uh, somebody who's not going to financially gain from you doing a reverse mortgage. Now a quick word from my sponsor, Isotonic. Isotonic is a vitamin. It's a way you take a vitamin. It's how your body is built to take vitamins with Isotonic. Rapidly absorbed by the body, highly concentrated of vitamins and minerals, and maximum results. I've been taking isotonic vitamins for the last six years, and I rarely get sick. I highly recommend taking isotonic vitamins. 
With standard tablets, you have minimal absorption and diluted nutrients. I take the Daily Essential Kit, which is all the daily essential vitamins that you need for your body on a daily basis. Go to my website, reducedebtincreasewealth.com. Upper right-hand corner, click on the heart. Go to the website. Let us show you the future of vitamins. I have another article I'd like to go over. The name of it is Five Signs a Reverse Mortgage is a Bad Idea by Amy Finale. Again, I'm, not, I'm just going to go over the key points. You know the requirements. So one of the bad signs is your heir's inheritance. If you want to leave money to your beneficiaries, your children or grandchildren, this would eat up some of that, if not all of it. You live with somebody else. If you have friends, relatives, or roommates living with you who are not on a loan paperwork, if something would happen to you and you had to move out, or if you died, they would have to move out also. You have medical bills. You must be healthy enough to continue dwelling within the home, so depending on how bad your health is, it may or may not work. You might have to move soon. Maybe you're on early onset of dementia or other things. You can't afford the costs. Maybe you don't make enough money to cover your property tax, your homeowner insurance, and the maintenance of the home. And then that would be a, definitely a sign that it's not going to work out. So that article, it's a little bit longer than that. I just covered the highlights. Those are all very good reasons why it may be a bad idea. So the question still remains, should a reverse mortgage be included in your personal financial plan? I say probably not. Especially if you're younger, just getting into a home, just starting to save up for retirement. Don't plan on using something that may not exist because maybe your home won't have any equity. You don't, you don't know what the values of the home going to do. Traditionally, home values go up. Real estate is usually a good investment, and they're going to go up over time. The longer you stay there, the better off you're going to be. But that may not always be the case. You never know what's going to happen, so don't plan for an unknown. The best way in your personal financial plan to plan for retirement is, is to put money aside today don't count on something that may never be there or may be limited because you don't know what your health's going to be like. You don't know what your income's going to be like. You don't know how much retirement you're going to have. There's too many unknowns to have that in your plan. So just know about it. It's about all you need to do now. If you're a senior or getting close to being a senior, afraid that you're going to be short of money. But if you're healthy and got a decent amount of income, and just say like earlier I said maybe you just didn't have enough money to pay the real estate taxes. You live in an area that has high real estate taxes, but you can afford the insurance and the real and uh, maintenance and everything else related to that property. And you want to try to keep it at a minimum so you can pass it on to your heirs. It's a family homestead, for instance but you just don't have enough cash to pay the property taxes, 
or don't have enough income to pay the property taxes, but you can still live there and live a good life, then that may be an option you could consider. The main reason why you may want to use it is if you're a senior, plenty of money to pay your bills, but you want to do a major renovation of the home and you don't want to have to pay for it in the future. Well, you could do a reverse mortgage, take out your equity, use the equity to make the home improvements, and then pay it off when you sell the property or when you die and let your grandchildren pay it off, let your inheritance. Maybe you got enough money in your investments that when you pass away, you can just pay off the balance and the homestead stays in the family and on we go. So that, that could be an option if you want to put off paying a monthly payment or getting another mortgage in that case. That's the end of another episode. I hope you found it useful. And if you'd like to share this episode with your friends, please do so. I'm open for any suggestions for improvement or for information that you would like to talk about in future episodes. You can go to my Facebook page and leave me a message. I'm more than glad to comply. To find my Facebook page, go to ReducedDebtIncreasedWealth.com and click on the Facebook icon to go to my Facebook website.